Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to the program Tim Dalton, who's the Director of Professional Services at Blue Jay Solutions. And today we're going to talk about responding to tight capacity and rising costs in transportation. Now, if you go back to kind of the last summer in the middle of 2017, there were, there were plenty of warning signs that, uh, you know, heading into 2018, shippers were going to face tighter capacity and, and increased transportation costs. So did, you know, did all shippers respond to those warnings? Uh, you know, what did, you know, some, some shippers do with regards to, let's say, procurement? Did they put their freight out to bid? Uh, and what actions can, you know, shippers take now moving forward to make sure that they're, you know, responding as effectively as possible to the, uh, the current transportation environment? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to address in, in today's episode. It's great to have, uh, you know, Tim back on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So, Tim, welcome back. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, so Tim, you know, like I said, I think, you, you know, it shouldn't have come to any surprise to shippers that, you know, uh, things were going to get challenging in the transportation environment. I think there was a lot of signs. There was a lot of uh, discussions taking place, you know, certainly by, by the summer of last year that, that things were going to get, you know, capacity was going to get tight, costs were going to, you know, go up. Um, from, from, from your role there, at, you know, at Blue Jay, I mean, did this prompt, you know, many shippers to initiate a procurement engagement, for example, before heading into this year? I think if anything, uh, you know, it, people were waiting. Um, you know, from what I saw last year, Q, calendar Q3, Q4, uh, you know, it was kind of that perfect storm where we had, you know, literally we had hurricanes, you know, uh, wreaking havoc and, and really, uh, you know, uh, impacting capacity. Uh, you had the kind of the looming um, fear of what the ELDs were going to do, you know, come December. Uh, you had the economy getting better, and as a result, uh, tightening capacity, driver shortages, everything else. So you're like you said, the signs were there, but from what we saw is that uh, calendar Q3, Q4, um, a lot of the shippers that we work with, a lot of the folks that we talk to, a lot of them weren't going out to bid. And, uh, you know, when I'd have conversations with those customers, you know, a lot of them were kind of, they were afraid, you know, it was, it was based on the unknown. They weren't sure, you know, what, what impacts uh, everything was going to have that I had mentioned previously. You know, they also looked at it that, you know, if we go out to market right now, if anything, we're all just, we're just asking for a rate increase from our carriers. And, you know, it, it, it's one of those things though, that as the year went on, uh, and people still, or a lot of shippers still weren't quick to go to market because of those reasons. What was happening is they were finding that, a, a, you know, their routing guys were broken. Carriers weren't living up to their commitments. More and more of their freight was going to the spot market. So even though part of the reason why they didn't go to bid was because they didn't, because they felt like they were going to be asking for a rate increase. In reality, they were already seeing that rate increase, but you know, and in some situations, a higher increase than what they would have saw uh, had they gone to bid. And, and if anything, in a way that was much less efficient because, you know, their planning coordinators, their folks that were trying to find trucks, you know, it was taking them that much longer to find one truck for one load. So uh, rates were starting to increase, um, you know, as a result. And, you know, it was, uh, it was somewhat inefficient as well from a planning standpoint. You know, I, I think I, I, I kind of saw the same thing too. And, and, you know, I think that people, particularly second half of the year, you know, they, they had their transportation budgets and forecasts that they had for 2017, right? And yep. I think to your point, you know, there was still a lot of uncertainty in terms of what was going to, you know, whether this, 
everything that they were hearing and seeing was, you know, a temporary thing or whether it was going to potentially even get better, you know, so, you know, they were kind of hedging a little bit there, uh, but they also didn't want to bust their transportation budgets, you know, for, for, for 20, uh, you know, for 2017. So I, I did see a lot of folks also, you know, sit by, by the, uh, you know, by the sidelines there. Um, so, so now we're in 2018. I mean, so has, you know, that low, relatively low procurement activity, you know, continued in, in Q1 of this year or are shippers finally, you know, uh, you know, putting their freight out to bid or, or kind of trying to see if they can fare better in, in this year? Yeah, uh, we're seeing a lot of procurement activity right now. So Q1 for, for shippers, for carriers, it's, uh, it's been pretty crazy. Um, you know, I think once we got to the new year, uh, you know, I think, uh, some people were kind of looking at it, whereas, you know, almost taking the approach that now that the dust has settled, um, you know, what am I going to do? And, you know, they went back and they realized that, you know, the, the new year, uh, didn't swing the other way. Um, and if anything started to look at the marketplace right now as kind of the new norm, you know, as you know, and like we've seen all along, it's, it's, a, it's very cyclical. So it kind of goes back and forth as far as, you know, who's, uh, who's favor the market's in. Um, so with that, you know, I think people accepted the fact that it's not going to get better anytime soon. So they need to do something about it. And with going to bid, I think they, you know, a lot of shippers started to realize that, you know, if I go to bid right now, and if I compare the rates that I'm getting and the rates that I'm awarding to a baseline year over year, I'm probably losing. But if I then go back and maybe look at my baseline a couple different ways, and sure, I'm going to look at year over year just so I can understand what that financial impact is going to have. But also, they start maybe looking at a baseline to what have I spent the last three months, the last six months. You know, I think what folks are seeing is that, yeah, year over year, they're, they're losing. But based on what they've seen with a higher percentage of their freight going to a spot market, there's still some opportunity based on that. So, uh, and if anything, I, I mentioned it before from an efficiency standpoint, you know, if they can get their teams back to, you know, being able to follow routing guides and trust routing guides and carriers accepting the freight uh, as a result. So, you know, we've seen a tremendous amount of activity this uh, quarter. Um, you know, I anticipate that's going to continue. Uh, and, and if anything, I think that, uh, you know, where there was a little bit of the wait and see, um, you know, middle of last year, towards the end of last year, uh, there's a lot of procurement activity right now. And I think people are just realizing that, you know, a procurement event isn't only about cost savings. You know, it's, it's one of the driving factors and, you know, everybody hopes to see some opportunity to see some savings when they go out to market, you know, but it's also about getting capacity. And, you know, if, uh, if you're going deeper and deeper into a routing guide, um, if you were still using them or if you were going to the spot market, um, you know, it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to find that capacity. And as a result, a lot of people are hearing it from their end customers because without that consistency of certain carriers on certain lanes, uh, you know, they've seen dips in the service as well. Yeah, that, that's a great point there at, at the end, because I, that's so true, uh, and, and particularly in today's environment in terms of it's not just about cost, right? It's really around that capacity assurance. And then when you look at things like, and we, we talked about this on Talking Logistics, you know, last year, um, you know, when you look at things like on time and full requirements from the Walmart to the world and targets and, and other customers, right, where that, that service com component is becoming more and more important, uh, you know, not having the capacity you need when you need it uh, and, and have it be reliable, um, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, it goes beyond just the cost factor in terms of what you're paying for, you know, for a rate. And I think, you know, the bottom line is that it's, uh, you know, uh, I think shippers can't be in denial <laughs> anymore that, that we are in a new normal, if you will. We are in, a, in an environment that they really have to respond intelligently, 
you know, uh, to it. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of procurement engagements in Q1. I mean, can, can you share with us, you know, some examples of maybe some of the outcomes that, that these procurement engagements had? Um, you know, I'm assuming, like you said, you know, the, maybe the base rates did rise, but relative perhaps to what they were paying via spot, you know, they, they, they saw some benefits there? Uh, yeah. I mean, from a ex- uh, couple examples, uh, we had a few shippers, um, you know, we had a a lot of shippers early uh, towards middle of last year. Then again, late last year, you know, when stuff, when uh, it started to go bad, you know, we reached, reached out to customers and worked with different customers to say, Hey, you know, there's a problem here. It's trending in the wrong direction. You know, let's look at a couple different things that you could do. One of those things being uh, going to market with a procurement event. And, you know, and as I mentioned, you know, it, uh, you know, it first, it, uh, it wasn't welcomed. Um, because again, it was thought that it was going to be a rate increase. So, um, you know, last year, you know, example, one shipper, I think it was early September, we went to uh, them and, and, and had the conversation. Uh, they didn't want to go to market. Finally, early 2018, they decided to go to the market. But between uh, September and the beginning of 18, they saw that approximately 30% of all their freight was starting to go to uh, go to the spot market. We went out to bid recently, not all their lanes targeted, you know, did a lot of work ahead of time to work with their carriers to understand, okay, which lanes are carrier servicing. Um, and, and really let's look to see what are those care, what are those lanes that are truly broken. So went out to market. Um, and then within the first 30 days of going live with this bid, you know, they went from 30% of their freight across their network going to a spot market, you know, down to, I think they're about 3.6% right now. Um, you know, there's a, you always want that number to be at zero, but uh, you know, the market's still tight and new lanes and everything else, lanes without routing guides, et cetera. So, you know, they're still using it, um, but it's dropped significantly. And also there was a, for those lanes that were going to the spot market consistently of those 30%, they had found that, you know, with uh, some of their higher volume lanes that, uh, that they were paying a premium about 81% compared to what their primary rate was. So, the rates were ridiculous. They were across the board, so it makes it hard to plan for. Um, and, and right now, with the the rates that they get did get back, comparing them to, um, you know, a more recent baseline, not year over year, a more recent baseline. You know, they're finding that had they gone to market a little bit earlier during that period of time when their spot market rose to 30%, that they could have saved approximately 6.6% uh, um, month over month. So. Um, you know, they would have still, uh, rates are still going up. You know, it's uh, not going to sugarcoat it and say that, you know, you're going to year over year, you're going to save, save, save. Um, but again, it, uh, they would have been able to reduce a lot of the loss that they experienced by cutting into some of those, uh, those premiums that they were paying. And then also, uh, you know, we had another customer, um, you know, who has a very uh, high profile end customer that they were working with. Uh, started working with them uh, early on when about 2%, 2. 2.8% of the freight that had been on this uh, for the specific customer on that customer's lanes were going into the spot market. Um, they wanted to wait. They wanted to wait towards the end of the year for that one customer who's a very high profile customer for a shipper that we're working with approximately 70% of that customer's freight was ended up on the spot market. So again, higher cost service to a very high profile customer impacted. So it caused a lot of issues 
Uh, we've since done some targeted bids for that specific uh, high profile customer for that shipper. And I think right now it's from 70, we're down to about 10% of the freight going to the spot market. So again, not where you want to be uh, completely, but continue to make progress. It's a, it's an ongoing process right now, but we're continuing to make process with that customer and, and working with, uh, we're working with everybody involved to make sure that, uh, that we're servicing the end customers, we're reducing costs where we can, but if anything, we're getting those commitments from carriers. Yeah, good, two great examples there. I mean, I think my, my takeaway as you were talking about here, I think, you know, if if you're looking at your transportation operations and you've got lanes where 30, 50, 70% of the volume is going via the spot market, I think that's a, that's a huge red flag that, um, you, you know, you're, you're missing out on opportunities there. Yes, you know, the base rates that you're going to get are going to be higher this year relative to last year, but certainly you're going to experience uh, – you know, some cost improvements relative to what you're paying in the spot market. And just as importantly, as you, as you mentioned, you know, particularly if you're serving, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, high value customers, you know, from a service perspective, you know, you're going to see some, you know, some benefits there. So um, I, I didn't realize that in some cases it was that high, 70% going to spot. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, uh, it's, it was kind of that waiting game. And I think if anything, kind of a general message was, you know, when you start to see a turn, it's, uh, you know, you need to be aggressive. You got to move quick. And, you know, I think when, um, you know, it, it was good for so long that, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was hard to make that shift to, to kind of put yourself back into what to expect, what to experience and how to react in a tighter market. Uh, so I think there are some of those warning signs, like you said, they've been going on for about a year. Um, but a lot of people looked at it as, okay, it's just doom and gloom that, you know, our, that our care partners are telling us, but, uh, you know, when it really hit, it was like, okay, now how long is it going to last? And, you know, again, I think people are realizing now that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cyclical. It's, it's kind of back where it's going to, we're in a tight period. Um, and how are we going to react? You can't sit and wait. You got to do something about it. So I think that's what we're starting to see now. Right, right. So obviously, you know, we just talked about, you know, procurement and looking at procurement as, as a way to respond intelligently to what's happening with, with capacity and rates is, is one area. But, but beyond procurement, I mean, are there other areas where, you know, shippers that, you know, that they should focus on to, to reduce costs and improve, you know, service or just be viewed as, you know, what we always talked about, be, being viewed as a preferred shipper in the yeah. eyes of carriers? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, uh, yeah, procurement's not the only answer. Um, you know, we've seen recently where, uh, you know, there's more dialogue between shippers and carriers to say, okay, carrier, you probably know our network better than we do. You know, where are the opportunities? You know, are there certain opportunities where dedicated could work? Are there certain opportunities where, you know, paying a round trip, you know, type solution could work even if the, uh, you know, dedicated wasn't warranted. So, uh, you know, there's different things to work out, engage your carriers, work with your carriers. Is there something that you can do to help them uh, to lock in capacity? Maybe not for your entire network, but maybe in certain pockets or, or on high volume lanes. Um, you know, the other thing I think is uh, you know, that's always out there is that shippers move. There's a lot of, there's a tremendous amount of tra stock transfers that go back and forth between facilities, you know, inner network with a shipper. And, you know, depending on the shipper, you could have 30, 35, 40% of your, of your spend being on these stock transfer moves. And on stock transfer moves, those are the moves where you would think that you'd have the most flexibility. So can there be something done with your stock transfers? You know, it, uh, 
you know, are, is there date flexibility? Um, you know, if, uh, if you got a customer move, you can't find a truck for, but you got a stock transfer that you have a truck for and they're going to like locations. Can you push out that stock transfer a couple days to utilize that truck on another load? Um, you know, in general, even for customer movements, what type of date flexibility do you have? Are you open to hearing from your transportation team to say, hey, can we move this load up a day? Can we push this load out a day in order to still satisfy that customer, but try to maybe try to reduce the cost or get the carrier that you want on a load on the load? Um, drop yeah. versus live. If you don't have a drop uh, yard, can you have one? Are you giving that as an option to your carriers? Do your carriers know that you have a, a drop program? You know, dwell times, you know, are you keeping your carriers now with the ELDs? You know, we do a, for different customers, we do a lot of surveys for uh, different shippers. And it's been interesting because a lot of the questions don't vary, you know, every six months when we survey a group of carriers. And one of the questions that we always ask is, you know, what's the highest priority to you? And it could be, you know, quick pay. It, it could be, you know, um, be getting in and out of a facility, carrier recognition programs, all sorts of stuff. And this past survey that we ran about a month or so ago, it was the first time that basically in and out times has rose to number one. It's the most important thing to carriers right now. They need their drivers moving. And it, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it's something you can look at to make sure that carriers want to, uh, want to haul your freight, like you said, to be a preferred shipper. You know, utilization. Are you filling out your trucks? You know, especially again, those stock transfers. You should never be moving a load that's that's not full. So are you utilizing your trucks? Um, you know, do you have proper lead time for your for your carriers when you're trying to tender your loads out? And again, it's just, you know, a handful of examples of what are you doing to make sure that you're doing all that you can, but at the same time you're doing what you can to 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 have a choice freight for your partners. You know, a, a lot of great ideas there. And, and you, know, it, it, you know, it strikes me that, you know, number one, I think it pays to um, you take a holistic view of yep. your transportation operations, right? Because I think when you start taking that, you know, things like stock transfers and you start kind of incorporating that, uh, viewing that in the context of everything else, you know, you, you might see opportunities there, as you said, in terms of having more flexibility there in terms of you know, timing in terms of maybe using some of that capacity for that you might be using for stock transfers to do deliveries and, and so forth. I think it speaks to the importance of, you know, obviously TMS, which is a, a topic I, I, near and dear to my heart. And I, I write and talk about a lot, but you know, in terms of, you know, optimization capabilities there across, you know, your operation in terms of visibility and business intelligence and analytics, because I mean, that's really where, you know, if you're leveraging BI and analytics from your TMS, that can help reveal opportunities for, for improvement that can lead to, you know, um, ways to better leverage the capacity you have, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, um, you know, I, I think you mentioned this earlier. I mean, we all know that, you know, transportation is kind of a cyclical, you know, market and, um, you know, eventually the pendulum will, you know, kind of swing in the in the other direction eventually the only question is when right is it a yep. few months from now is it a year from now two years from now um but but it will you know that's just the nature of the uh, of the industry um so what can shippers do to kind of better prepare for whatever conditions market conditions lie ahead yeah i think that uh it's funny because when we when we have these conversations i always think uh, like it's like groundhog's day because so much of what you say you've said before and you know i think it's a it's a cyclical market I think the, the biggest thing that people can do is just try to keep an appetite for change alive within their organization. 
Um, you know, cause what we've seen time and time again is that when it's, uh, when it's, you know, quote unquote, a shipper market and things are going good, you know, there's not as much time spent looking at yourself to see what you can do to improve the process. But once it goes bad, then everybody wants to sit down and say, what can we do to improve the process so we can be a shipper of choice? And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, to an extent, it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating because it's, uh, you know, it needs to be, you know, something that you're looking at all the time. You need to always have that continuous improvement because if you're only trying to improve yourself when times are bad, you know, chances are you're going to miss the boat. Chances are there's the carriers are going to be taking freight for someone who was looking at it year round. Um, so if anything, it, it almost seems like it would behoove a shipper to, you know, create an internal steering committee you know, let's say, you know, have a group of people to always look to see what can they do from a trans standpoint, you know, and include, you know, demand planning and include CSRs, warehousing, you know, uh, transportation, include all the folks that are, you know, those key stakeholders within, uh, uh, within the supply chain and, and have these conversations, look at those things on what you can do to improve your processes, to make yourself more attractive and be willing to make those changes even when the time, even when times are good versus waiting for times to be bad. So, I mean, it's, you know, being a shipper of choice isn't only something you should be talking about when you need a carrier to haul your freight. You know, it should be something that you're talking about just to be a good partner year round. And, you know, regardless of, you know, um, you know, where we're at from a market standpoint, you know, I think, uh, you know, also be willing to listen to feedback to improve your problem, uh, your problem areas. Uh, you know, I think some other things that folks can be doing too, you know, um, you know, depending on the market that it's in is they need to just get used to, you know, ensuring that they're educating their organization internally. Um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll save a tremendous amount of problems for you if you're continuing to, uh, educate your, uh, your organization. Cause one of the things that we've seen is that, you know, things are good, things are good, things are good. And then all of a sudden things are bad. And even though you had mentioned early on in our conversation about all the warning signs that have been out there, a lot of those warning signs weren't always making their way up to, you know, the leadership within the organization. So then all of a sudden they get their quarterly results and they start to see the financials and as you know, your phone's ringing off the hook because they're, they're wanting to know, you know, why you spent so much money or why you blew your budget in one quarter. And, you know, and it, part of it's because you haven't been prepping them enough, you know, Nobody's going to like to see bad financials. Nobody's going to like to see that the budget's been busted, but it's a little bit easier if along the way you're preparing them that this is a real problem coming up and this is an issue. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, from an education standpoint, um, it, it continues to be key just so people know what's on the horizon because you don't want to wait to explain your, you know, your financials, you know, once they're public, you want to be able to kind of give people the heads up, you know, um, so they understand the challenges that, you know, the transportation in general is, is facing. And, you know, I think the more that you can educate, the more that you can try to drive improvement, you know, continuously, you know, it'll start to ease those buzz budget considerations. It'll start to, you know, ease those budget adjustments, you know, and ultimately it'll, you know, hopefully put yourself in a position. So, you're actually doing what you say you're going to do and you're being that shipper of choice versus just trying to use it as a, you know, to, to, to categorize your, to categorize yourself as something that you strive to be versus what you are. You know, I, I love that, you, you know, uh, it almost sounds obvious, right? But, you know, even the, the term itself, you know, continuous improvement should be a continuous process, right? You know, yeah. it should be something that's ongoing. And I think to your point, a lot of times it's more of a reactionary thing where it's only when the uh, 
uh, you know, times get tough that, you know, uh, shippers and, and others get, you know, energized, if you will, to see yeah. what can we do to improve. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, you know, you, you really have to live, you know, to the, uh, uh, to the term and, and make it a continuous process. And I think your point about, you know, having ongoing and honest and clear communication all across the organization, um, you know, with all the stakeholders involved, both within the four walls as well as externally, yep. you know, is important because I think, I, I think the, the, the shippers that find themselves in the toughest situation sometimes, particularly internally, is when, you know, the, the CFO picks up the phone and calls down to transportation and says, what the heck's going on, right? <laughs> Whereas that, that should have been a conversation that, that um, you know, an education process that should be going, you know, on, on an ongoing basis. Uh, you know, so Tim, we're running short on time here, so I'm just, you know, go, go to my last question here. I mean, as a, as a way to kind of wrap up and, and, and summarize, I mean, uh, you know, what questions should shippers ask themselves to, you know, assess whether they're, you know, doing all that they can today to, you know, you know, successfully navigate, you know, the, the challenges and, and things that they're experiencing right now in the transportation market. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, almost just to summarize our conversation, you know, questions that you should be asking is, you know, are you, are you hoping the market's going to change back or are you going to do something about it? Um, you know, are, are you fostering, uh, you know, the belief within your organization that's open to change and giving people the appetite to change? You know, are you looking at yourselves, you know, year round? Are you having doing that continuous improvement even when the times are good? Uh, if yes, great. If not, how are you going to start a program and then also continue it when it, sw when it uh, swings back the other way? And then also, you know, are you doing all that you can to work with your partners to, to, to make yourself that, uh, that uh, preferred shipper and also are you educating your people internally and it's you know those three four questions i think that you know if uh, if you can say yes to all you're you're doing a pretty good job um but if there are other things if there's things that uh, that you're not doing um you know uh it's not too late no great good, good question i think a good, great way to you know to, to kind of summarize the conversation here and you know as i always say at the end of all our episodes we, you know we always just manage to scratch the surface but i, I think you you highlighted some great examples of you know, some uh, smart actions that some shippers have taken, particularly in the area of procurement to, you know, better navigate through what's happening in the market with terms of capacity and, and, and rising costs. And I think it'll be interesting for us to get together, you know, March 2019 and see, you know, what the environment looks like then. We might be talking about, it might be a shippers market then, and they might yeah. be, you know, uh, but, but I think at the, at the end of the day, uh, I think to what we discussed before, whether you're, it's a shippers market, whether it's a carrier's market, there are many things, you know, a lot of the basic things that you ought to be doing are the same, right? To, get, to, to, to succeed in whatever environment uh, you, you find yourself in as a shipper. So again, thank you for making the time to, to be with us today and, uh, uh, you know, and sharing your thoughts on this topic. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me and thanks for the opportunity and uh, let's do it again sometime. Great. And uh, thank, uh, thank you that joined us today. Uh, if you are watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Blue Jay uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or comment for Tim, you can post it there and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.